in a society that doesn't care about what you think or what you know, but only what you can prove in a court of law. Welcome to the show that has an opinion on just about everything criminal justice. No, he's not a lawyer. No, he's not a counselor. He's only armed with his opinion and a plethora of knowledge in the criminal justice system. Here's the host of What You Think Doesn't Matter, Chris Thorne. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of What You Think Doesn't Matter. Today, we're going to jump in on the gun control debate. Uh, we're going to talk about my opinion uh, about what I think is going on in the media and all the misinformation that people want to put out there and try to pass off to you as fact when most of it is just opinion, not substantiated by any reliable sources whatsoever, and studies and manipulated statistics and numbers that help prove their argument. As many of you may already know, I am a huge supporter of the Second Amendment. I am a card-carrying member of the NRA. I am a huge gun supporter. But at the same time, I also believe in common sense gun laws that do not infringe or take away from our Second Amendment. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about things people can do or steps people can take to not become a victim to gun violence. And it has nothing to do with taking away our guns or restricting them. It has to do, once again, with common sense thinking. Talk a little bit about the information the media is putting out there. Talk, try and hopefully disprove or at least counter-argue. Not necessarily disprove. As you know me, I do not like to shove facts down your throat. Just my opinion. And I'm going to put out a uh, counter-argument to everybody who wants to put out their their argument supporting gun control. All right. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. One of the points I want to make when it comes to gun control and restricting access to guns or taking the guns out of the bad guy's hands. Well, you know... When you come, when you start controlling access to guns, you can't limit it to the criminal. And here's why: criminals do not follow laws. They do not believe in controls. They're going to do what they want to do simply because they can. The only way you're going to get guns out of the criminal's hands is to take them out of everybody's hands, and uh, that's not going to happen. Period. Bottom line: the only thing that gun control laws are going to do is they're going to make law-abiding citizens criminal by making it criminal to possess various calibers of guns or do various things with your guns. In fact, I saw on social media uh, this morning a complete misinformation tactic. I'm not going to put the person's or website's name out there because I don't want to support them, but they're trying to say that a bill was passed with a large uh, Republican support stating that it would be a criminal offense for a person to disassemble their firearm, clean it, and reassemble it without having federal licensing. Now, that is a crock of shit, okay? Or as I like to say, that's horse shit. Because now, since they can't take away the guns, and what they're going to do is they're going to criminalize doing anything to the gun unless you're licensed to do so, which basically means just because you can own a firearm, if you haven't been properly trained in how to disassemble and reassemble that firearm, then you shouldn't be allowed to, and that will make you a criminal. Well, guess what? Kiss my ass. If you're going to own a firearm, you need to know how to maintain it. You need to know how to take care of it. And guess what? That involves breaking it down into what's referred to as field stripping. Basically, just taking the main components out, such as the barrel, the trigger guard, the slides, if it's a semi-automatic, and cleaning the functioning components of the weapon, properly lubing it and conditioning it to make sure everything works smoothly so that you don't have any... um, misfires on the range or in the home or god forbid a life-threatening situation so that's just some misinformation that's being put out there i'm not spreading that rumor because it is a hoax it is a bunch of shit and it's not true but i just thought it kind of funny and humorous 
when I saw that. And so I just thought I'd just let y'all hear that for a minute. Maybe that'll give you a chuckle in your day. Um, cause that is some extreme left wing bullshit that ain't going to happen. Not going to happen. Okay. But as far as taking guns out of the hands, all you're doing is taking away the, the guns out of the legal citizens. The ones who are legally allowed to own firearms. If you create laws, you're disabling them. You're not hurt. You're not hurting the bad guy. You're giving the bad guy more opportunity to hurt the good guy. That's all that is about. And me personally, I refuse to be a victim and I refuse to be a victim by owning my firearms, by taking training and learning how to use them properly. So other tactics that they're trying to do to us, they figure since they can't take away our guns, they'll just create certain actions that are considered criminal, which if convicted, you end up becoming a convicted criminal and therefore under the constitution or state laws based on certain crimes, you will not be alone to own a firearm because guess what? You're a convicted felon. And in most states, convicted felons are not allowed to own or possess firearms. So you know what? They're trying, they're trying to skin this cat more than they, more ways than what's available. So they figure they can't take away our guns. They'll just create laws that prevent us from being illegally allowed to own them. Such as, as I just said earlier, if that misinformation thing turns out to be true, when you break down your firearm, guess what? You're now a criminal, and if you're convicted, it's a felony, and therefore you won't be allowed to own any firearms You know, from that point forward. So you know they're doing everything they can to get the guns out of our hands. They know they can't legally do it in violation of the Constitution, so they'll just make all the law-abiding citizens criminals, and they'll just take their guns out of their hands going that route by making them convicted felons in the long run. But Because they don't, they don't care about your livelihood if you're a convicted felon. There's a lot of jobs out there that if you're a convicted criminal, you're not allowed to possess. You're not allowed to have. So they're not just taking your gun away from you. They're taking away your livelihood, your lifestyle. Because once you're convicted of a crime, especially in one involving a firearm, you're going to be lucky to get a job in a grocery store or pumping gas with a felony conviction on your record. So let's think about that, okay? It's not about just the guns. Okay, It's about your whole livelihood. And uh, another thing I want to talk about are these red flag laws. Red flag laws, I'm kind of on the fence with red flag laws, but at the same time, I'm against them. Because although I agree with what they're trying to do, they're trying to create a situation where if you see somebody in a mental health crisis and you know they own guns and you think they might be dangerous, we should have an avenue to protect them and ourselves in case this person goes off the deep end. I get that. I'm supporting that. But I... At the same time, they need to come up with measures that will prevent people from abusing that. Prime example would be somebody comes home, gets into an argument with their significant other, wife, girlfriend, husband, kids, grandparents, whatever the case may be. Well, that person gets so pissed off. Now they're calling the cops and saying, hey, this guy's really angry. He's a mental health issue and he owns guns. Can you please come take them? And guess what? They legally can based on the complaint. They can take the firearms and then they got to send this person to court in which the judge can make a determination as to whether or not that person is mentally sound to own a gun. So red flag laws, until they can come up with ways to make it uh, abuse proof, then no, I don't support them. Okay, like I said, I, I, I support the theory behind it, but I do not support the inaction of it because there are too many ways to abuse that system. Simply because there's got too many Karens out there who want to file a complaint about anything and everything because they don't get their way. All it's going to take is for one little phone call to the local PD saying that you're mentally unstable. And without requiring any proof or evidence whatsoever, they can come in and take your guns, 
temporarily until you get a court order saying that you can have them back. That is essentially what red gun, excuse me, what red flag laws will do. So no, I don't agree with red flag laws to that extent. And another thing I want to point out too, if you look at all these people who are pissing and moaning and bitching and griping about the possession of AR-15s, 90% of those friggin' idiots have no idea what an AR-15 looks like. All they know is what they see on TV, calling it a military-style, assault-style weapon. Well, guess what? Every single gun every that has ever been made at some point or another has been tested or used by some military or government agency. That's a straight-up fact right there. I mean, every gun has been derived from some form of armament used by the military. The AR-15 is a civilian version of the old M-16 that the military no longer uses. The AR-15, contrary to some social media warriors out there, is an offshoot of the current M-4 being used by the military. Okay, The M-4 is basically a modified version of the AR-15. So when they say, oh, military-grade weapons, guess what? That's all weapons. All weapons can be classified as military-grade. When you start talking about semi-automatic weapons, it's not just rifles. It's rifles and pistols. If we go on with this, quote-unquote, semi-automatic weapons ban, the only thing you're going to be allowed to own is a bolt-action rifle, a shotgun, and a revolver. That is it. And let me tell you, none of those three are practical self-defense weapons because they take too long to use in a split-second decision when it comes to recycling and using and reloading situations, okay? So shotguns are good for home defense. Hell, I keep one behind my you know bedroom door, all right? But I've also been trained in how to use a shotgun and various techniques and tactics. It's practical for home defense, but it's not practical if you're out in the world and you have to recycle and you have to get a few rounds downrange quickly because your life depends on it. Not practical. Hunting rifles, 30-06, 308s, things like that nature. Bolt-action rifles are not practical home defense, self-defense rifles. They are designed for hunting or sniping. Unless you're going to sit in a watchtower and start shooting people down on the street, a bolt-action rifle is not practical. So, uh, But these idiots about semi-automatic rifles, and now they're talking about the different types of ammunition between center fire and rim fire bullets. Um, I'm not going to get into that argument because to be completely honest with you, my knowledge when it comes to ballistics is not that great. I can tell you what different caliber bullets do, but I honestly cannot tell you the major difference between a rim fire and a center fire bullet. Probably because I've only used one over the other and I can't compare the two. Oops. Oh, well, guess I'll have to do some research on that. Bottom line is gun control does not work. If it worked, places like New York, Chicago, California, any places with the most strictest gun laws would be the safest places in the world to live. But they're not. They got the highest crime rates. Okay? And another thing, too, all these so-called gun-free zones. People that have evil intents with firearms, they know where these places at. And where are they going to go? They're going to go to the place with least resistance. And where is that? Gun-free zones. That's where they're going to go. Because they know that the good guys don't have guns and they're not going to get shot at. Now, getting into common sense steps that we can take to prevent yourself from being victimized. The biggest rule is be aware of your surroundings. Be constantly aware of your surroundings. Most criminals are work on opportunity. The opportunist. If they see somebody they perceive, they perceive as weak and not paying attention to what's going on, that's going to be a primary target. 
They don't have to know if you're armed or not, but if you give the appearance that you're aware of what's going on around you, they're less likely to mess with you. So um, security, enhanced school security, okay? Um, and you, not just schools, any public building, any building, enhanced security. Put down a show of force, show of awareness. Like I just said, criminals do not like it when people are aware of what's going on and they can see something coming from a ways off. Criminals are opportunists. Take away their opportunity to, to commit their crimes. Don't be a victim. Take away their opportunity. Be aware of where you're at at all times. Be, you know, when you walk out of, your, out of your house, take a look around. Scan around the block. Scan around your car. Look and see what's going on. When you go to the grocery store, when you get out of your vehicle, the first thing you want to do before you start approaching the store, scan the parking lot. Look around the parking lot. Look for anything unusual. And if you see something hanky going on or something just doesn't sit right with you, leave and come back at another time. When you're leaving the store to go to your parking lot, once again, look around, pay attention to what's going on. Learn to people watch, learn to put your head on a swivel. Always be cognizant of your surroundings, who's around you and what they're doing. Is it something, is it something you're going to pick up and learn to do right away? No, you have to practice it. You got to know what's going on because the best way to see if something is out of the ordinary is to learn what's supposed to be in the area. Learn what is ordinary. When you figure out what is ordinary, what's where it's supposed to be, who's where they're supposed to be, it's a lot easier to pick out something that's not supposed to be there. Learn how people act. What do people do? When it's 100 degrees outside and you see somebody wearing a long black jacket, that's a big red flag. That right there should be telling you that that person is up to something. All right? Little telltale signs. Be aware of your surroundings because the criminals, if, they, if they're trying to target you, they're watching you. They're watching your actions. Don't be a target. Be aware. And if they see that you're aware and, you, and, and they think that you may see something coming, they're not even going to act on it. And as far as uh, school security goes, let's get back on that topic. They need to start making sure their doors are locked. You have one avenue in, but you have multiple escape routes but you control access through one main door and you make sure all the other doors are locked to prevent people from coming into them. You create in what what's called an, an entryway or in cop lingo or jailer lingo, a sally port. Basically you have one set of outer doors, which are unlocked for general access by the public. And then you have a set of inner doors, which are locked and secured and can only be accessible by somebody pushing a button in another room or somebody with a security badge that can electronically release the door lock. That's how you secure your school. Another option, get armed security out there, whether volunteers or anything like that. There's an argument going around that say, you know, retired or honorably discharged veterans who need work or better yet, who will be willing to volunteer their time to go out and provide security for the schools to ensure the kids are safe. That is an avenue right there. One that I personally know for a fact that most veterans would do in a heartbeat. And most of them would probably do it for free. So there's more more ways to skin a cat when it comes to this gun debate without taking away our guns. So because the bottom line is guns don't kill people. People kill people using guns. Okay. There was a, an incident that happened. I believe it was in New York or excuse me. It was in Louisiana. It may have been New York, but I'm not quite sure where somebody had their minivan and drove through a parade, killing several people. Did they blame the van? No, they blamed the driver for utilizing his van. Okay. So that's the same concept. 
We didn't ban vans or vehicles. No, because uh, the van didn't kill those people. The person operating that van used it as a weapon. The same thing with guns. People use guns to commit their crimes. That doesn't mean we need to ban guns. Do we need to have more control as to who has access to guns? It depends on your point of view. Personally, I think the laws that we have in place right now work just fine. The problem is we're not following those laws. We have doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists out there who are treating mentally ill patients but are not submitting their name to the national database under the Brady Law to prevent them from owning guns. Why? Because the doctors care more about the privacy of their patient than they do about the general welfare of the public. And until we start enforcing that, we're going to start having people out there getting guns that should not legally be getting them because of their mental health status. And so that brings me to the argument that's going on right now is we need more mental health care. That is an absolute fact. We do not have enough resources available to those in mental health crises. We're not doing enough for that. When, unfortunately, when states come to budgeting their, their state budgets, the first thing they cut is public programming, public health programming. Why? Because there's no money coming in the back end for them. They, they would rather cut a few million dollars out of, out of uh, state-sponsored mental health treatment and facilities than, it is, than let the insurance companies deal with it than to help save the public by providing these much-needed assistance. So basically, because the government's not getting a kickback or the state government's not getting kickback from mental health care, they're not going to do it because it's not profitable for them. So they consider it just pissing away money. So basically, is the gun control problem ever going to go away? No, it's not. Are we always going to have gun control debates? Yes, until the end of time. But bottom line is it pisses me off that whenever an unfortunate mass shooting happens somewhere, these politicians got to get up on their fucking soapboxes and start screaming gun control and not doing anything to, to help stop it. No, the first thing we want to do is take away my rights to own a firearm. They want to take away access to the guns that I own. No, you know what? They can all go kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. And it's a bloody fucking shame that these politicians have to take such a, a heinous crime and use it for their political game. Especially these idiots out here like the uh, Beto O'Rourke's out there who said, who openly stated, yes, he's coming for our AR-15s. Well, you know what? Come and get it. That's all I got to say. So, you know what? Quit politicizing horrific acts. You know what? Get off your asses and start doing common sense legislation. All right. There are ways to take care of this problem without affecting my rights, without taking away my guns, without criminalizing what I need to do to take care of myself. All right. That's all I got to say on that. Uh, one, one more point I want to bring up before we uh, run out of time here is most people in the general population really do not understand how statistics truly work. When it comes to gun violence, let me give you a little bit of information here. When the government studies gun violence it is done very generally okay uh, in other words any act of violence that in, is done with a firearm which includes self-inflicted suicide an accidental discharge on a firearm on a range in which somebody gets hurt um, self-defense in the with the use of a firearm things of that nature that's all attributed to one statistic which is why the numbers for gun violence seem so inflated. It's because the media actually does not break down those numbers to that degree. However, the government, when they do their study, actually does. But when the media or other people, gun control supporters present it to you, they don't give you that piece of information. So don't be fooled by the numbers, okay? 
And the differences between using a handgun and a rifle are completely different, all right? If you actually look at the study and look at the results, you will see that most gun violence, as the government classifies it, is done with a handgun, not a rifle. Why? Because rifles are impractical for the most part, okay? So remember, when you're listening to the media discuss these statistics, they're speaking in general terms, and they like to inflate the numbers to support their narrative or to help support the bullshit and misinformation that they're trying to put out to you. So when somebody says active gun violence, be sure to question that. What exactly happened? Was it a, was it suicide with the use of a handgun? Was it self-defense with the use of a handgun? Was it a negligent discharge due to the use of a handgun? And where did it happen? And another thing too, when it comes to, um, shootings that occur within school zones or in, you know, what's classified as a school shooting, Anything that involving a firearm when it comes to a shooting that occurs within a school zone, and most people realize that a school zone actually contains the school and up to one or two blocks beyond the school. If anything involving a firearm happens within that zone, it gets classified as a school shooting. Okay? So don't get wrapped up in the numbers the media is presenting you. If you really, truly want to know the facts, look at the study itself. Go to the to the Department of Justice websites. Look at the actual studies because they're going to break it down for you. They're going to give you what the outliers are. They're going to give you uh, ideas of what the study did not include. They're going to give you a margin of error, which is probably between four and five points. All right. Then when the media presents these numbers to you, they do not give you all of the data. They just give you the overall number and present it to you as the actual fact. All right. So let's go ahead and get that straight. And that's pretty much all I got to say about that. All right. With all that being said, we are about out of time for this week's episode of What You Think Doesn't Matter. Tune in next time as I come up with another topic of discussion in which I express my opinion and feelings about what's going on in the criminal justice system. And as always, if you want to reach out to us, you can send us an email at wytdm at yahoo.com, or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like this episode or you like the show, please feel free to like, share, and follow us to receive updates on what's going on with the show and our future avenues. Till next time, uh, be good, be safe, and remember, what you think doesn't matter.